0: Hello everybody, this is Dave Parry from Wellmeadow and you're listening to the SME Growth Podcast. Most businesses want to grow and we're here to come up with lots of ideas for getting new leads and converting them to customers. Today's podcast is about buyer personas and with me here to talk about that is Rich Buckle. Hi Rich.
1: Hi, How's Thanks.
0: Yeah, right. I think I think it's important that we start straight away with one of the biggest problems we have, whenever mm. we use the phrase buyer personas. And gone, take it away. What what's the problem?
1: So, the main problem that we see is that people confuse the word buyer with a buyer in a business. So, when we're talking about buyer personas, we're talking about the person who's going to Either use the service or the person that you're trying to influence in a decision-making process, not necessarily, you know, Mick from purchasing and your customers, you know, your you know, your supplier or your customer. So, so
0: it could be a buyer, could be it a could, buyer, could be the person who uses the service. Absolutely, who obviously doesn't necessarily work in purchasing. The buyer. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's just getting that getting that right. We, what we found is that we've struggled with people to get that across. So sometimes maybe we changed the term to customer persona but mm. for the purposes of just having a common language here buyer persona but we'll just make that clarification that it's not necessarily
0: not the person signing off signing the off purchase the purchase order. Yeah. yeah okay great that's good to get that out of the way so let's start with then a few what it is what it isn't it's building up to a bit of a definition so what's the difference between a contact in your CRM let's say and a buyer persona
1: so a contact would be someone who you've actually got in your crm and I'm, I'm assuming that people have a crm well, customer I mean, relationship management somehow, so right? database contact spreadsheet or something we can probably do another podcast on why you should have a crm um, yeah. so a contact is someone that you've actually you've actually got the details you've got the name you've got their address you've got their email all that type of thing a buyer persona is a sort of semi-fictionalized representation of your ideal customer that is sort of based on um, data that you've maybe collected, maybe a bit of gut feel, maybe a bit of stories, um, but you're building up a picture that's semi-fictional of your ideal customer.
0: So rather than it being a, an actual real person yeah. that you know. Yeah. Okay. Now, another question we get asked is the difference between a segment and a buyer persona. And I think this is a bit harder because mm. you could use the word segment or the process of segmentation to achieve broadly the same thing. Mm. But segments, first off, are often applied to the company, aren't they? Rather than the yep. person. So people talk about certain industry segments and yep. that sort of thing. But even if you did do a person-based segment, you may well talk about geographical, demographic, psychographic, those sorts of you know age profile type stuff. Whereas a buyer persona, I've, I've always got the impression that it focuses a lot more on how somebody thinks, how they behave, what's their reaction going to be. It's, it's designed to inform you in terms of how to interact.
1: Yeah, with it's a bit more, I suppose, psychological could be one way of describing it. But it, it's it's the focus is probably more around, rather than with a segment where you're maybe focusing on a particular industry or a particular type of purchase or demographic, I think maybe a buyer persona, maybe expands on that a little bit to think more about what are the goals that you're trying to help someone achieve what are the challenges they're facing how are you going to help them move forward with either yeah, the goal of you know, overcoming the challenge
0: that goals and challenges bit is probably where it differs most from just being mm. a segment then you're really trying to tap into what are the motivators around yeah. uh, around where the value proposition hits home yeah, okay. So what we, what do we need them for anyway? What's the point of having a buyer persona? What what types of use do we put them to, do you think?
1: I think it's pretty foundational really in terms of any marketing you're going to do. If you if you if you're going to have a message or you're trying to you're trying to put your brand out there, you've got to understand who you're talking to.
0: Yeah, and in any other walk of life that would be obvious, wouldn't it? Yeah. If you're gonna to start to talk to someone, you know your audience type yeah. thing. And yet in marketing, you know, a lot of you know, not everybody, but a lot of people don't necessarily go through this step first. Well I think
1: there's a lot of assumptions built in. A lot of people think that they know their customers and to some extent maybe they do. But I suppose anecdotally, one of the things that we've found is that a lot of people do know their customers in terms of, you know, they know who they're they're relating to with their with customers, but but mm they don't really maybe step back from it. They can't see the wood for the trees and actually step back and think, well, what are maybe some of the goals here? What are some of the challenges? What are some of these more, how, how do we refine this? Mm-hmm. And then what we found um, with certain clients is that as times change and as buyer relationships change within companies, that you find that maybe some of those buyer personas change. And that's not picked up. And so all of a sudden, the marketing messages don't resonate maybe the way they did, used to. Yeah,
0: I think that for some people is a very optimistic interpretation. (laughs) And okay, there's a range out there, we know that, but... I would agree that somewhere within the organisation, there are probably people that understand their buyer personas. They don't necessarily always get linked up to the marketing department. Because mm. if they did, you wouldn't have someone on the social media feed talking about what they thought about Strictly Come Dancing last night, necessarily. Mm. There's no Unless unless you've got a buyer persona that you said, all they care about is that. Yeah. that. That's a bit of an oddball one, using it for the wrong purposes. Yeah, uh, Or why would you just brag on about, you know, That that outboundy stuff as we call it, the shouty stuff where you're just talking about your company Mm. in most cases buyer personas that we come across aren't really interested in the the ups and downs and fortunes of your company, they want to know how you can solve their problems don't they? Absolutely
1: how you're going to add value, I mean there was a story I heard a guy say um, he'd taken on someone to do a load of social media posts for him and uh, he was he just thought that just by posting things on Twitter and LinkedIn that this was going to help him and uh, he said, "Well, I've had this guy in for a month. There's nothing's working. He's posting all this stuff. So he let 'Let's go and have a look at it.'" And he sold um, like storage space or something for companies. And um, and th- what this guy was posting was just pictures of tigers and in paddling pools and things. And <laughs> okay, it, was, it was just like one. so classic case in point, like. Do your buyer personas, do your ideal customers want to see pictures of tigers in paddling pools? Now, my guess is probably not. They probably want to understand Mm -hmm. how you're going to help them achieve, you know, a central London business that's running out of space. I mean, this is all pre-COVID, so there's probably loads of space (laughs) now. But but it's about working out how you're going to use this information to make your marketing more effective. So how are you going to use it to maybe... Look at targeting emails. So people come on your website, they fill in a form. Depending on the information they fill in, you could allocate them a certain, or start to build that persona, maybe send them a different type of email, depending on. And you'll have a
0: database of people in your CRM from before. Anyway, you could have hundreds, if not thousands, of people that you want to talk to. How many companies have we come across where they're proud that they do a monthly email? They may or may not call it a newsletter, but the point is, it's an email. Everybody gets yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well, there's no no attempt there to try and talk to the people that have different needs or interests, is there?
1: Yeah. Or even you know just different types. Exactly. Just just how can you make your content relevant? I think, and that's where that's the sort of the uh, the ethos maybe of a buyer persona is yeah. to say, how do we start to make our content relevant to the people who are consuming yeah. it? And not everybody, even in potentially your one of your customers, you may have different buyer personas within one customer. Yeah, of course. And we'll get through that in a minute. Absolutely. So, so that's the sort of thing where this type of personalization in email, using workflows to maybe ca- start to categorize buyer persona, collecting data to actually build up that picture. And I think as well, it's probably worth pointing out that it's the sort of thing that you don't just want to do once and then leave. Mm. You, It's an evergreen... Um,
0: piece of you know, work you, you said earlier they change but also i think your understanding of different by personas changes when when we first ask customers to start mm. thinking about this they come up with a reasonable you know first stab at yeah. it but then when you start thinking about it a bit more and talking to your actual customers and double checking oh hang on a minute that which one, oh we haven't got one for that or that's not quite how we said it that's when you need to be refining it is yeah
1: there? i think it's probably worth pointing out as well how many how many buyer personas should you have
0: you're right yeah And maybe two isn't enough and 20 is too many, Mm. but where in between, I suppose it depends. Bearing in mind, every time you come up with a new buyer persona, that's more work for you. You've got to create a new bit of personalization or tailoring of, let's say, that email that we talked about. I mean, another place that we use them is through the automation process. And we did a podcast last week on marketing automation. Mm. This could direct what happens in that flow. So as you're writing your automation Flowchart, if you like you could have an if statement that says if they're this buyer persona do this and if they're that buyer persona do that so let's say you've got a buyer persona that always reads their emails and always clicks through on stuff well you could send them more stuff Mm -hmm. but if you've got someone who gets annoyed easily as a as a persona type about getting too much you maybe reduce the frequency so they'd have different outputs from potentially the same workflow
1: well even asking questions on forms um yeah just being sort of quite brute force about it. Ask Mm -hmm. people, so what's your role in the company? Are you the owner of the business? Are you on the board? Are you just head of a department or just researching for your boss? That type of thing. Can all it start to inform, well, you might have a different buyer persona for someone who owns the business because they're going to have different interests, different needs, different goals, different challenges to someone who's doing research for their own sort of edification or or education in their job. So... So it's, it's you can be quite upfront about collecting this data.
0: Yeah, and I think on, on the whole, our experience has shown that as long as you don't overburden with people with too many questions compared to the value of what they're about to get having filled the form in, then actually they are prepared to put down things like how big is your company, what's your job title, mm. that type of thing.
1: And I think as well, different social channels as well, isn't it? That's going to be another Absolutely.
0: place. Absolutely. different bio personas inhabit different places, right? Yeah. Not everybody's on TikTok, not everybody's on LinkedIn, not everybody does social media at all. Not everybody yeah. opens our emails. You've got to, got to get it right for that person. Uh, another one that I quite like, uh, and I'll let you talk about this because you've been into it a bit more. Uh, and those of you that listen to several of these podcasts know that we use software called HubSpot. And we also like to put the web pages themselves, the websites on HubSpot. And there's a couple of reasons for that. But one of them is personalization based on the persona. That can be quite powerful.
1: Yeah, so we're there's obviously some technical things have to go on behind the scenes to make this work but it's about actually not thinking of your website as a sort of static um, marketing material Everybody sees the same but actually it, it becomes a, a dynamic piece of content that changes depending upon who's looking at certain pages or where they are in their buyer journey or where they are you know we can talk more about that maybe on a different podcast but but also who their buyer persona is. So we can identify certain people coming on the website based on their buyer personas that we've got in our CRM. And because our CRM is linked through to our website using HubSpot that we can start to offer up personalized content or maybe just use um, a smart call to action button to point someone to a different piece of content that, that they might be more interested in. So it's a way of actually almost making your website Become like the twenty four four seven salesperson or marketing person simply by thinking about how we use this buyer persona. It
0: doesn't have to be too big brother spooky. No. It doesn't have to say hello, rich. Thanks for coming to our website. It could be as subtle as changing the feature image on a page or the hero yeah. image just to relate to their industry, for example, or their bio, where they're at in the buyer journey. Like you said earlier, we'll come back to that another time. Or,
1: or changing what kind of resources you point them to. It, yeah. It's it's you know straightforward as that really.
0: Right. Okay, so let's, let's talk about defining these buyer personas then, because you can go, go to tremendous depths about this. What, how would you start? How do you start to come up with who the different buyer personas are for a business? Um,
1: I suppose the first place to start is looking through your CRM or your, your database spreadsheet, mm-hmm. whatever, however you're collecting your customers, and just going through and just start to make a list of, well, who's in there?
0: Well some of them you'll have in your head, right? You yeah. If you see their name on the list, you'll think, oh, there's that that one I saw last week.
1: And then start to look, you know, you may already have done some segmentation, so you'll know what kind of industries they're in, or so but but maybe start thinking through or a good way of doing it is to start getting the sales team involved because they're normally the people who are closest to yeah. closest to the customers, and sit down and start saying well, what are the common characteristics that we see or what are the common problems that they have or what type of people are they are they into sports or are they not into sports are they technologically savvy or yeah. do they not like technology you know these sorts of they start to eke it out um, you could workshop that or it depends on
0: Well, we did a workshop with that a couple of months ago, and it Mm. was better having more than one salesperson at a time. Actually, I think there were about 10 in the room, and they were all firing off each other and disagreeing and agreeing. And we came up with a pretty robust set, actually. It was quite interesting. But there was disagreement initially in the team, and then we reached consensus. But that was useful to get everybody's different perspective. Does that person really behave like that? Is that representative of a large enough proportion of our customers and i think you could
1: prob- you could probably broaden it out as well couldn't you to to more than just a sales team there's other people anyone who's got contact with customers mm. in the business so it could be accounts it could be you know all sorts of people in the For business sure, yeah. that you just want to get as much input the starting point as i said before this is not something that you do once and then never look mm. at again it's a it's an ever evolving piece of uh, information yeah. But we try and maybe split things out into two two parts to look at, well, what what kind of quantitative data? So what have we got that we can actually measure? Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be when you're looking at things like um, data in your CRM, you've got maybe sales information, you've got, you know, other, other bits of like, maybe you've got demographics, maybe depending on what you've got, stuff you can measure, start looking at that. Then you've got maybe the more qualitative type of data where it 's a bit more anecdotal war stories, you know we you know how do these people how do we think they think type of type of um, sort of information and then just start making a list of all of those things and start bringing them together into a sort of a, a body of of research and and look for those commonalities between certain groups
0: yeah and I think well that bring, probably brings us on nicely then to how we record that now we come up with something called the by a persona canvas, now. For, for students of this sort of thing, you may recognize this as a bit like the business model canvas. Mm. And there's a version of that downloadable from our website as well. You can have a look. Yep. But it's it's trying to get everything on one page, isn't it? And exactly. It makes it easy for somebody to just, in one glance, say, oh, yeah, I know about this person. Yeah. And maybe that's a good point to say that when you're coming up with a, a fictional name for this character, there's just this bizarre tradition that we go for something alliterative. Yeah. So, you know, we use Marketing Mike, we'll come back to later on. But they, they try and come up with the, the same letter for the... The description and the name. So anyway, we've got this canvas then Yeah, marketing. What's on the canvas? Why have we done that?
1: Yeah, so I think, like I said, having something that's a one-pager is often useful as a mm-hmm. way of just, you know, you can keep it on your desk, keep it in your bag. As you're going around, you can, you know, scribble on it. Um,
0: put so it on the wall, maybe? In the put it on the wall, marketing department. marketing
1: department. Everyone could have a copy. I mean, it's a good way, actually, of trying to collect, collect all the information from people before you, which you're you doing a bit of a brainstorming session around, you know, what kind of information have we got? You could just give this out to everybody on the team yeah. and then they can all fill it in, you bring it all together. So it's, what we're trying to do is just have a bit of a framework to think about the it's types of things. You've got to have some structure.
0: It's, otherwise it's just a very free ranging debate.
1: So we, start, we sort of start off really with looking at, you know, what are the goals and the challenges that we are trying to help um, a buyer persona overcome so we know what what are they what is a buyer persona trying to achieve what kind of goals have they got Um, and then look at also what kind of challenges are they facing
0: and if anybody's looked at the value proposition canvas which is another one of these uh, standard tools that's out there you can google that and it's a a spin-off from the business model canvas there's a nice way that it tries to marry up what are the the things that you might help a, a buyer or a customer with and it segments that into three different things. Mm. A gain you can give them, the removal of a pain, or just something that helps them do their job better. Yeah. And then your value proposition, it asks you which bits have you got that relate to each of those things? Are yeah. we helping somebody with a gain? Maybe it's something they're not even aware of yet, so it's a surprise. So that that way that we define our value proposition in context of their goals and obstacles and what their job is, that that link is quite important. They're not too independent. Pieces yeah, of
1: work. and I think as well, it's going to depend on whether or not your buyer persona is b2b or b2c as well that's going to have an influence as to how you think about this but that's not to say that you can't put more personal things if you've got a b2b buyer persona yes one of their goals might be to maybe hit a sales target or something Mm -hmm. but also within all of that they may have their own personal goals that they're trying to achieve so I don't know, learn more about a particular subject or become a subject matter expert or get the next promotion or something like that. Now, now that can be quite a powerful driver in terms of understanding that, because that's probably going to be maybe as equal a motivator for your buyer persona as maybe hitting the sales target.
0: Yeah, it could be something internal very definitely related to the company, reducing the cost, selling more, doing the job more efficiently or whatever. But quite often, people's emotional level operates a bit more subtly, like yeah. like you just said. You know, am I going to enjoy this, for example, or am I going to look better in the in, in my? You're always going to get
1: that kind of blurring of a professional and personal goal at yeah. some point. Does this um, make me
0: more attractive on the job market? Absolutely. You know, They're all we're humans, and right?
1: that's and that's where I think you get that you get that move away from a segment to yeah. a buyer persona. You know, a segment would very much more be. That kind of maybe a one-dimensional goal, mm. a one-dimensional yeah. um, group. Yeah. Whereas with the persona, you're getting all of this mixture of well, this professional, informed, personal.
0: On the sort of left of the way we put our canvas, there's all these bits which are more about the background of somebody, yeah. aren't they? Which is you know it's useful to fill in actually how have they got to this position are they have they got imposter syndrome are they have they been doing it for years and they're experts at it are they fresh graduates do they need a bit of a helping hand what sort of demographics are they do yeah. they tend to be young or old always a bit nervous about the male female thing i'm not sure if it really changes the marketing messaging too much nor should it but but be aware of it anyway and like you say their interests and hobbies yeah. so, so what we found is that a lot of business owners have a or not, you know, okay, enough of the business owners have an interest in health and fitness mm. or just, you know, keeping themselves in good shape. So I'm not saying that we suddenly start giving uh, links to fitness classes or dietary advice or something, but at least being aware of that, you might slip a reference, a case study that relevant, relates well, to I that. I suppose that maybe a
1: classic case in point is the Roger Martin Fag stuff that we do, You're right? Yeah. Like economic report. So as a growth agency doing some marketing content, why do we give away? or help promote an economics report.
0: From someone else.
1: From someone else. Yeah. Well, part of that is because we've identified that our buyer personas are, you know, part of their goals is to grow their businesses mm-hmm. and economic um, factors can have a huge impact Huge influence on that yeah
0: i think it reflects fair enough and and even directly in the marketing but definitely indirectly just as you're running your business if you've got yeah. to make decisions on investment and recruitment and pricing and you know how to batten down the hatches in tough times or whether interest rates are going to go up there that's all very relevant isn't it so that that's a good example of other things people are interested in but the other part of the background bit is the behaviors mm. you know we do a bit of you know, psychometric work with teams to try and get teams to work well together and it gives us a nice nice framework for thinking about how do people behave. It's good to think about our buyer personas in that term as well. Are they strong communicators, uh, very creative and innovative, but less focused on detail and following the rules? Or are they opposite? Are they a great rule follower and they they love procedures and checklists and detail and accuracy and perhaps aren't so strong on communicators? Or or there's the other axis as well, isn't it? Are they the get stuff done, count the dead bodies later brigade, very task-focused project T people? Or are they much more interested in some of the softer aspects of a business and how people are getting on and the organisational dynamic and you know making the harmony pro, being brought a higher priority than getting the task done? So just knowing, not that you have to label everybody, but knowing roughly what mm. type of persona are we talking about here?
1: And and, and those behaviours may tie in as well to are are they in a position in the company where they're a decision maker? True, because yeah. that's going to influence how you do marketing. So we've you know we've helped people develop um like presentations to show your boss type of thing yeah great example which is you know help help your potential customer or customer help themselves type of thing give them the material they need so that and that's going to be a very different message to if your buyer persona is a decision maker
0: and they would be a strong communicator and less focused on the detail then your messaging would be don't worry about the detail we can look after that Well, that's what the system does whereas if they are focused on the detail give them a checklist and as you say help them with some of the other bits
1: i think one of the other things as well which is quite important is how how are you actually going to help your buyer persona what is your role and this kind of maybe ties in a little bit with something called the the hero's journey which Mm -hmm. is a common uh, story arc where you know you have a someone who starts off on a journey and they've got a challenge to overcome. They've got to go through some kind of pain or suffering. And along the way, they have various characters that come along, you know, normally a Gandalf-esque type character or someone like that who gives them the sagely wisdom to overcome the challenges, slay the dragon, you know, get the get the prize at the end or whatever and, and, and become the hero. And as part of... Uh, the role of a marketing is to almost act as that that uh, sage or that kind of um, font of wisdom as it were as your customers going through this journey of finding out more about you how are they going to overcome their challenges how are they are going to achieve their goals you're offering them advice, insights, materials that add value um, rather than just shouting at them you're, you, you want to become that trusted source of information that they can rely on and so actually working out, well, how do we help this buyer persona? So a bit like the previous example of, well, here's a presentation you can give to your boss. Or, you know, if you are uh, if you are the decision maker, it's well, you know, how can we help you make the decision? How can we give you the confidence to yeah. do that? And so so all of that is is work out how are we actually adding value here?
0: And what's the message that we'll be giving to and what's the message? Yeah. Why don't we close out with a few thoughts on, you know, let's be honest, what, what are the buyer personas that we use in our business? There's nothing like a real example, is there? <laughs> really? we've, got, we, we've got a few. They're all alliterative, you know, following the tradition. On tradition. And, the, and I think it shows as well the spread. You know, we go through them now, but yeah. we know that we are talking to very different types of people with, with a different role and different behaviour. So let's r- rattle through those. So who
1: have we got? We've got Fast growth, Fred
0: fast growth fred yeah so that's someone who's probably got some funding they want to just you know really push the business for fast growth they just want leads you know i'm not saying they don't care where they come from but they they want someone else to look after that problem for them probably like we just described not too worried about the detail of the how just measure it by the results yeah and they and they can afford to invest in it of a scale
1: and then we've got uh marketing mike yeah so Mm -hmm. that
0: that's an interesting one isn't it because that that person you might perceive to be threatened by the idea of asking for outside help, but actually we found it's the exact opposite. Mm. Most marketing mics know about marketing automation as a concept. They know about yeah. all this stuff they'd love to be doing, but they haven't got the budget for it. So we we shape our messaging to a marketing mic very much about how we can help you alongside you, absolutely and leverage you know through automation, get rid of all that nonsense you're asked to do that's adminy yeah. type of thing. So
1: that's almost about becoming an uh, an extension for them isn't it we can add yeah. breadth and depth
0: help them do their job but give them gain as well and take away pain you're hitting yeah. all three bits on that uh, that's different than from sales steve
1: sales steve so sales steve is our kind of persona for from the sales side of things that's maybe looking for more leads or more more qualified leads um, and is approaching things from a much more Sales orientated perspective. They want the output. Right? They Outputs. want the output. Yeah. The That's output. So it's it's almost yeah. I'll Probably be careful what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you might give away like, some, <laughs> reveal an identity of someone you're thinking. Exactly. Of. Yeah. yeah.
1: But um, okay. Yes. Yeah, which, so which other ones different? have
0: we got? Well, the other one I think is a good example of how you've got to keep this refreshed. So the the one we added after we started, a later cover, was where we realized we had lots of people who worked in our client companies, but were none of those things. Mm. But they're all involved and we need to talk to them. So we called them team member Tim because they're they're on the team where we work, but they're not necessarily making the decisions in marketing or sales or driving the growth. But they're there and we want to make sure they're aware of other stuff we're doing. So Mm. we still want to have content that's suitable for them but we don't have to push particular features and benefits, just asking for support of the other buyer personas. So there you go. There's a few examples for people if they wanted to do it. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for in today's podcast. So you've been listening to the SME Growth Podcast, uh, and we've been talking about buyer personas today. Our next podcast will be on the buyer journey, and we talked about that a bit earlier on. So please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell your business friends. And until next time, good luck with your business.